Hello, welcome to the Comprehensive Canadian University Guide, where we invite guests from various universities and institutions across Canada to speak about their experiences and provide helpful tips for prospective students. If you like this episode, please rate and share us on iTunes and follow us at CCUG Podcast on Instagram. Just a disclaimer, we're not associated with any of the universities or institutions featured on our podcast. This content is accurate as of the publishing date and is only applicable for the 2020-21 academic school year. We do not take any responsibility for future changes in admission protocols. Hi, I'm Noam. And I'm Josh. And you're listening to the Comprehensive Canadian University Guide. Today, we have people on from McMaster iBiomed and McMaster Engineering. Would you like to introduce yourselves? I can go first. I'm Patricia from the recruitment office. I'm a McMaster graduate myself from the life sciences program, but excited to chat with you all today about Engineering One and iBiomed. Um, my name is Sophie Mansfield. I'm going into my third year in the materials and iBiomed program at Mac. I'm originally from Nova Scotia, but I've enjoyed my transition to life in Hamilton, and I look forward to talking more about the iBiomed program. Uh, my name is Sunil, and uh, I'm an international student. I'm from India. I'm going into my second year of engineering physics and management. I'm so excited to be here talking to you all. So our first main question goes to you, Patricia. The McMaster iBiomed program fuses health sciences and engineering to deliver a unique project-based learning experience. So can you explain what sets this program apart from other engineering or health sciences degrees? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Sophie's going to be sharing her own experiences later today. So this is going to be fantastic. So most people know about engineering and what that kind of entails. It's a common first year. I biomed similar vibe in terms of the common first year. Uh, the fantastic piece, as uh, you already mentioned, is that it fuses both health sciences and engineering into its common first year. And then students are going to have the opportunity to decide what's next for them after their first year. If they're maybe more passionate about the health sciences side, they can join our HESI program, which focuses on health sciences, entrepreneurship. Um, but maybe if they're passionate about engineering, they instead can uh, specialize in biomedical engineering. So Sophie's that perfect example of us uh, choosing to continue in the iBiomed program after the first year, and her specialization of choice was materials engineering. So iBiomed students have the same options and flexibilities um, as engineering students in what discipline they want to pick. Mine is computer engineering, uh, which is great, but just to share some quick highlights, um, it's the first in Canada to have a program like this. It's quite new, um, but some of the awesome highlights is that, in case you haven't heard, um, and Sophie will share probably more details, is that um, iBiomed has an incredible course called 1P10 which is very hands-on, which is very practice-based, and students are working um, you know, with community partners or with actual clients to design projects um, focused on biomedical engineering. Um, some examples could you know, be working on a hip replacement, um, you know, enhancing an MRI machine as an example, and um, others, so, so, so that's a huge benefit of this program is that there's this one P, P10 course. Engineering actually just adopted a one P13 course, which is very similar. So Sunil, unfortunately, is not gonna be one to experience it, but I think that's the big sell with some of our programs is that students are getting this hands-on learning right from their first year. It's a small program, which is great. Uh, iBiomed typically has around 140 students, um, which I think students really appreciate that community sense. 
And, and again, it's, it's bringing the best researchers and faculty members from both faculties so that students can really uh, take on an inter interdisciplinary approach to kind of figuring out if engineering is their passion, is health sciences their passion. But of course, in every course and every aspect, that blend, that immersion of both fields comes together. So super unique in that perspective. And again, really unique to any other program that is offered in any Canadian institution. I'll leave it at that for now. And uh, we'll talk more about iBiomed in detail. All right. So how many students are in McMaster for engineering? And how competitive are engineering and iBiomed compared to other programs that McMaster has? Yep, so I can quickly comment uh, some basic facts about engineering and iBiomed in terms of program size. So engineering, again, typical to other university programs. Um, so McMaster has a common first year. Typically, we are looking to have about 900 students. And then for the iBiomed program, about 140. So they are smaller programs. So iBiomed is a deemed to be a small program uh, engineering is seen medium size but something that i want to share because a lot of people when they hear oh my goodness 900 students in one program so mcmaster has a cohort system for that program which means that the way that students are scheduled for their classes and their tutorials and labs are in like a pod system so the same students get the same labs and classes to create that community feel as well with iBiomed again naturally the program is a lot smaller but of course, with Engineering One, you'll see that community within the labs and classrooms as well. So 900 and um, 140. To talk quickly a little bit about competitiveness, they both are competitive programs. I mean, McMaster just got uh, the great news this morning that we're now ranked uh, the number six, 69th best school in, in the world, which is fantastic. So that itself speaks, you know, speaks upon the amazing engineering uh, faculty as well. We're ranked number three in Ontario. Um, as a faculty. So naturally, a lot of students are excited about McMaster Engineering. Both programs are very competitive. Um, they both have the supplementary application, which we can touch on a little bit later. Um, but the fantastic thing is, I'm not, go not sure where I'm going with that fact, but um, it is competitive. But um, again, a lot of students really appreciate having both program options to, to consider. Perfect. So now the next question goes to both our students, Sophie and Sunil. Uh, why did you decide to go into the degrees that you did and why specifically McMaster? Yeah, I chose to major in engineering physics and management and uh, I chose engineering because uh, I was a problem solver from a very young age and I always wanted to be involved in a field where I'm constantly tackling different kinds of problems. That partnered with my passion for science, math and even programming allowed me to come into engineering. I also wanted to be involved in a field where I can uh, do some research as well as invent new technology and be involved in entrepreneurship, which is why engineering physics and management was perfect for me because engineering physics allows me to understand uh, the fundamentals of engineering principles and allows me to work efficiently in all environments. And uh, the management side of my degree gives me the business skills and the people skills that I need to uh, thrive in a business environment. Yeah, so I can um, share my side of things. Coming out of high school, like a lot of kids who end up choosing engineering, um, I loved all of the sciences. I kind of excelled in, the, in math and things like that. So I was obviously drawn to engineering, but I was also really interested in the healthcare field. I couldn't picture myself going into medicine, so I was kind of at a standstill as to where I was gonna go. And when I came upon the iBiomed program, 
and realized that it's actually the only program in Canada to integrate engineering and health sciences, um, I thought for sure that it was going to be the perfect fit. I also love the idea that I could be a part of healthcare, but be a part of it in a way that I was designing devices that were going to have an impact directly on people. And obviously from there, I wanted to make sure that I was going to enjoy the school as well. Um, so coming from out of province, I was nervous coming from a really small rural community that moving to a city was um, not going to be a positive transition. But visiting McMaster for the first time, you automatically start to get a sense of the community at Mac. Um, it's not a campus that's spread out all over a large city. It's tight knit. Um, when you're there, you feel like you're a part of something. And that draw definitely kind of was the final nail for me to choose McMaster Engineering and McMaster Biomed. Fantastic. All right, so let's go back to Patricia. So how has McMaster reacted to the COVID-19 pandemic? And how do you anticipate it will affect students next year and beyond? Um, so something to note, McMaster has decided to go 100% virtual. Obviously, a lot of parents and students were a little bit nervous when they first heard this, but my perspective on that is it gives our professors, our staff, our student leaders the full opportunity to embrace the virtual world instead of having to kind of shift some resources to having students on campus and some resources to having everybody online. McMaster made that decision early on because, of course, you know, from a health perspective, we're not too sure what's going on. So I like that approach because, again, it allows everybody to give their best for the fall term. For winter, it's still up in the air on what's happening. I'm expecting it's going to stay, continue to stay virtual, but obviously nobody wants that in comparison to an in-person term. But I think so far, students are really excited about all the effort, resources, and support that's been offered transitioning online. All right, great. So let's go on to our next segment of this podcast, the academic segment. So this question first goes out to uh, our students. What does the first year in McMaster Engineering and iBiomed look like in terms of courses and academic workload? And how many hours a week does the average first-year student in your program spend working? Uh, between iBiomed and Engineering, your schedules are fairly similar, especially first year. Um, so in iBiomed specifically, you take a lot of the same courses as general engineering students. Um, this includes like your math, physics, and chemistry. Um, and on top of that, you take a molecular biology course, which is uh, a health sciences course. Um, so you're already kind of starting to get the mix of the two um, different departments. Um, and all of those are three unit courses, um, which just means you're spending a bit less time. Um, and then we have this sort of all encompassing course, which Patricia um, had kind of introed, which is IBHS 1P10, um, which is really your kind of foundational course in understanding iBiomed. Um, so you're combining a ton of different engineering concepts, um, including like professionalism, computation, materials, all of that stuff in a very design focused way. Um, so that course is, is 10 units. It takes up a lot of your um, term. Um, it's a full year course. It gets you really involved in um, kind of working with your peers, using all of the theory and different things that you're learning from your classes to combine them in a way um, that allows you to solve these design-focused problems. Um, and so obviously the benefit of first year in both iBiomed and general engineering, which I'm sure Sunil will touch on, is that you're getting um, kind of exposure to all of the engineering streams. So you don't feel pressured to kind of join a certain pathway either way. And then from there, second year, you kind of get to start to make 
your decisions. But if I had to put some numbers on it, obviously each course is different in the terms of time that you're dedicating outside of class, um, if you have lab components and things like that. But I'd say around 30 hours you're spending a week on actual lecture, tutorial, and lab time. Um, and then it's pretty safe to add around two to three hours a day, I'd say, on out-of-class work, depending on if it's midterm season and you're putting in a little more, or maybe you're having a really light week and it's not so busy. Um, but the way that I always thought of it first year is that um, I wanted to teach my, or sorry, treat my school like it was a full-time job. And so I was kind of expecting that I should put in 40 hours a week. And if I was doing that, I felt like I was kind of putting in my work. So I'd say that that's kind of the expectations that you can have for first year at Biomed. Yeah. So as for engineering, it is uh, quite similar in the first year because we all take general engineering courses. And like what separates iBiomed from general engineering is the other courses that we take. And uh, we do two major projects. I mean, particularly in my year one in each first semester and the second semester. And uh, we worked hands-on on tackling problems, real life problems. And uh, of course, as Sophie also said, I would say her numbers are pretty accurate, ballpark. Definitely, I wouldn't say there's a common stereotype that says like engineering students spend like eight hours a day after school and they don't go out at all and all of that. But I would say, a constant two or three hours a day would be perfect enough to uh, balance yourself with an academic as well as a social life. So engineering has many disciplines which students must choose from at the end of first year. Patricia, which of these are the most competitive or have the most students? Absolutely. So this is a popular question that we definitely get asked a lot from a recruitment perspective um, for both engineering and iBiomed. There's two kind of components to kind of think about when answering this question. So first is the popularity. So we don't actually guarantee um, a student's level two program choice unless they have something called free choice. Uh, this is uh, common for students applying to engineering one specifically. Typically, if they have above a 95%, that's when they'll notice in their offer letter that they've received free choice, which does guarantee their level two program. This excludes, though, two of our programs, management and society. Uh, Sunil's shared how he's in engineering physics as well as management. So that's taken his four-year degree and turned it into a five-year degree. So those two add-on programs are not guaranteed, as well as one of our other uh, it's confusing, I apologize, but um, our ke chemical engineering and bioengineering program as well as a five-year program. So that's one thing. So if a student has free choice, they're a lucky duck and they can um, not stress as much for all other, other students. Not that they have to stress, but it is based on their first-year GPA. Typically, what we've noticed in the past couple of years is probably expected Disciplines such as software engineering or mechatronics seem to be a lot more popular, but again, that changes on a year-to-year -year basis. So we don't actually have like legitimate facts to publish or to, to put out because that's one aspect of it, the popularity, and we have no control over that. The second aspect of this is the size of the program. So I was mentioning how mechatronics is a popular program, but one thing to note is that that's actually one of our smaller programs. So if a program is very popular and the size is smaller, that just means that the program will be a bit more competitive to get into. If that kind of puts things into perspective with iBiomed, it's a bit different because um, they have quite a couple different options to consider. Um, as I was mentioning in that little intro at the start, uh, students get two choices. Do they want to continue in the more engineering pathway or the more health sciences pathway? 
what they like to say. And of course, this again varies year to year. I won't go into too many details to overwhelm everybody, but the most important thing to note is um, about 90 students, usually they try to target that will go into the biomedical engineering field. So that's where, what Sophie's in. And then uh, the second one is the HESI program, which is the more health science. Students will graduate with that health sciences degree. That's about 50 students. But again, there's a bit of flexibility. And our overall goal or the message that I want to share with the students listening to this is that our, um, you know, our goal is that students don't end up in a program that they're not happy with. So we have an incredible academic advising office that work with students to make sure that you know they can consider the option of transferring or maybe they'll decide that they are happiest in their second choice as well so I won't go into more details than that they work kind of similarly but again um, the popularity and the program size is truly what determines the competitiveness of our level two options okay so let's go back to the students with this one what learning resources are available for students and what are the facilities like labs like I think learning resources is a is a pretty broad term and it really depends on the type of learner that you are and what kind of helps you learn best. One specific thing that I utilized in my first year was the Math Help Center. Um, so it's a facility on campus run by the Math and Stats Department um, where you can go in, they cover or they constantly have upper year helpers and professors there to cover all of the um, math courses that we take in engineering. Um, and they walk you through any problems or questions that you have to essentially like getting free tutoring. So um, that was something that I found really helpful. Another thing that the iBiomed Society is launching this year is a tutoring service called the Academic Peer Exchange or APEX, um, which matches upper year students with first years who need a little extra help um, clarifying concepts and things like that, which I think I totally would have utilized as an incoming first year since um, sometimes that transition to university courses can be a bit more daunting than you may have expected. One of the other resources that's unique to iBiomed as well is our anatomy lab. So in second year, you take two anatomy courses and you're allowed to access the anatomy lab at, uh, during their, any of their open hours. So normally we would go there after class and it's this space that's full of real human specimens and cadavers and textbooks and other really helpful tools um, that you have full access to to help supplement your in-class learning. Um, and I think that's something really unique to McMaster um, since a lot of times you don't get those kind of resources as an undergraduate student. So that was one of the really cool resources that we had last year, but. Um... And I, I'm just gonna add this to um, speaking back to the community aspect. So something that I always see would happen, I know in a non-COVID world, um, the, the office that I worked in, um, when, I'd have, when I'd be going home in the evenings, just thought this would be funny to share. Like I would always see just like engineers huddling, you know, in different, different spots across like some of our engineering dedicated spaces. And I love seeing that. So the best resources too sometimes are e each other. And I think people have this fear coming into university being like, oh my God, I'm alone, I'm alone. Um, but so take, you know, take advantage of these uh, resources that are put on by the faculty. But I think sometimes students forget that some of their best resources are gonna be their peers, um, are gonna be their professors, their teaching assistants, uh, but also upper year students. So the upper year community is incredible and students are always looking for ways to give back and especially from an academic lens. So thought I'd add that in too. But I'd, loved, I'd always love going home because I'm like, oh, look at these engineering students just hanging out and uh, supporting each other on a academic standpoint. Or they were like planning like hackathons and events too probably, but um, I assume that they were helping each other with some of their projects. So Sophie and Sunil, 
some of the major draws of your fields is being actually able to physically make things. So how much time, uh, at least before COVID, was spent on hands-on activities? Yeah, so like I said, in uh, Engineering 1, we did uh, two projects. And uh, in my first semester, I was involved in making a shoe remover for the disabled. And uh, I was able to uh, work on this project from uh, when the idea was germinated till the end. And uh, watching my project grow from an idea to a completed uh, invention was uh, a great experience to have, especially in my first semester. And it gave me a lot of confidence going into engineering and relieved some of my doubts where I thought that, hey, maybe I'm just going to be studying all the time. But yeah, I got more hands-on experience than... uh, I certainly expected. And in my second semester, I worked on uh, an AutoCAD project. AutoCAD, for those who might not know, is a designing software which allows us to uh, design mechanical parts or uh, any kind of invention that you want to make. Yeah, so I think like Sunil said, in engineering, that's one of the big focuses at Mac is your hands-on experience. Um, And especially in the iBiomed program, I think that was the exact goal of introducing 1P10. And alongside that, um, the new 1P13 course, which will be starting this fall. So really, realistically, in first year, almost half of my time, I felt like I was working on one of our five design projects throughout the year. In iBiomed, they're all biomedical focused. Um, So we had different things like designing a functional wrist orthesis. Um, We did a hip implant project. As well as at the end of the year, we actually got to take a local client um, and design kind of a free design project um, to come up with a solution for him. One of the really big draws too with iBiomed is that just last year we um, got a new design studio, which is full of a ton of different design um, supplies. We've got 3D printers and computers and Raspberry Pis, a bunch of other technological tools, which may sound super daunting. I know coming into first year, I had no experience with coding or CAD or anything like that, but it was really incredible to kind of take that space to learn those different tools um, and be able to apply them in prototyping all of these different cool things for our projects throughout the year. And so kind of learning that, learning those tools in a way that was so rewarding and seeing your kind of final product at the end of your design project was super incredible and I think super helpful in terms of your learning experience because You really can't get that from sitting in a lecture hall. All right, great. So now let's transition into our next section, extracurriculars and student life, where students can tell us all about what it's like to be a student in their program. What is student culture like at McMaster? And what kinds of social lives do engineering and iBiomedical students have? Yeah, like I mentioned before, before, we do have a really good social life. It's not like we're always studying. I believe that to thrive in academics, you should also have a good social life. And uh, yeah, so when you find that right balance, everything uh, goes well. And for the social life that we do have, I wanted to tell you about a place we have on campus. It's a place, it's a lounge, and it's specifically for engineering students. This was built for engineers by engineers, and it's a place where we get together to talk about uh, how our programs are going or anything uh, engineering related. And it's just for engineers where we uh, get together and interact with each other. And I think that's a place of great significance for me because I met some of my best friends in school over there. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah, like Sunil said, I think student culture is is so diverse at McMaster. Um, and even though, like he said, engineering students are kind of often dubbed to have the most demanding schedules, we also um, know how to have a good time. And we have a lot of um, kind of clubs and events to help supplement that. Um, so things like the Mac Eng musical and Eng pub, and you always see department specific social events like trivia nights and movie nights and study sessions sometimes, but also more socially focused things um, make this kind of sense of community really apparent. So while you might not be able to get away with kind of partying every night, um, there's always events and things planned to make sure um, you still have a social life, which is super important. I know I'm not the student in the room, but thought I'd add because I think this is always such an important, you know, deciding factor for students when they're thinking about, okay, you know, everyone's kind of told this, okay, like you're, you're going to have an engineering degree that's like from the same accreditation board. And obviously we talked about, you know, the 1P, 1P10 course, 1P13 course, and how we're giving our students some from the first year that hands-on experience. I don't think we talk enough about, you know, the opportunities that students get outside the classroom as well. And as both of them are sharing, there are so many ways to get involved. It's, it's the culture of like students at McMaster Engineering specifically are like way too involved. They're not just involved in one club. They're not involved in two clubs. They are looking to like start their own initiatives. Some students are attending like hackathons every weekend. Some students are very artsy and are doing the musical as Sophie was kind of talking about. So from car teams to social justice clubs, there are just so many ways to get involved. And I think that's where students really get extra excited about being a part of the community. And that definitely helps with the balance as Sunil was mentioning, just, you know, it's not healthy to just be doing school all the time. So this just kind of allows for that social break. We even have a dedicated staff member on the co-op team that really focuses on supporting, um, helping with the planning of the event side of things. So if there's anything to kind of throw or to, to scream about or to be excited about is that, you are, you know, not stuck on what club or team to join. We even have a fun bus feed maybe that we can share with you all um, of which club and team would be perfect for you. So there's so many options and uh, that is 1000% the culture of McMaster engineering students to be outside the classroom. And that helps with co-op, of course. So I know we're going to talk about that in a bit, but um, just want to highlight that there are just so many, so many groups and teams for students to get involved in. Uh, so right back to you, uh, students. What are, what are the residents like? What has your experience been on residence? And is there anything unique that you want to point out about living on residence at McMaster? Um, my residence, residence experience first year was really awesome. Um, I lived in Hedden Hall and I had a single room, which I was super nervous about. Obviously, coming out of province, I knew that I kind of had to make McMaster my home no matter what. Um, and I was kind of scared being in a single room that I wouldn't have the opportunity to kind of have friends on campus and that I just hold myself up in my room a lot. But um, I think especially starting with move-in day, it's a really awesome experience. You've got tons of uh, welcome week coordinators and different helpers around to help you first of all get moved in, but then there's constant events happening throughout that week to kind of get you involved, especially within your residence, but on your floor specifically, just different initiatives being run to get you guys to know each other, feel comfortable with each other, and one of the things that I really enjoyed too were the study rooms in residence. So if it was really late and I didn't want to go to the library or there was a snowstorm or something, um, the study rooms were a space um, to kind of get that schoolwork done. And I think the other draw too with Hedden Hall is 
I'm not sure if it's by chance, but it kind of seems to be a theme that Hedden is the engineering residence. Um, so there's a lot of engineers who are there every year and it made it really easy to get that sense of community and that we were all kind of running on the same schedule. We were kind of experiencing that first year of engineering together and it was a really great way to kind of uh, make some relationships with people that are still lasting throughout my degree. This question goes back to the students. What are some popular extracurriculars at McMaster, both generally and especially for engineering or iBioMed students? So I think um, describing the range of extracurriculars at Mac, um, both in the engineering community and beyond, is something I could never do justice to um, because I know that there is literally something out there for everyone and that um, is really well highlighted during our clubs and teams uh, event, which is normally run in the fall to kind of showcase all of the different options that we really do have. However, I can talk about some of the engineering focused ones. Some of our technical clubs, which I think Patricia kind of touched on before, are our solar car project. They literally build a solar powered car, which is so cool. Um, McMaster Nudos, they're working on launching a satellite into space. Um, you've got things like the McMaster AI Society, um, so kind of all of the different streams of McMaster engineering are represented so well in those and can give you really great experience to kind of um, move those skills into your career. There's also some that are a bit more iBioMed focused. There's something called the Medical Engineering Design Team. Um, there's also iGEM, which competes in an annual synthetic biology competition. Um, and then there's, of course, our non-technical engineering based clubs. You know, there's a Welcome Week team, Engineers Without Borders, Engineers, women in engineering, there's literally so many committees, societies, and clubs. Um, and something I know a lot of my peers were involved in was intramural sports, which is a great way to kind of stay active in your first year or beyond your first year um, without having to commit to something like uh, varsity sports. In terms of my experience with extracurriculars, it's been really great so far. Um, like Patricia said, I think there is a kind of culture of trying to get involved in as many things as you can across the board. So uh, I've been a representative on the McMaster Students and Engineering Research Executive for the past two years. So after my first year, I completed a research co-op on campus. So that kind of sparked my interest in getting involved in planning events um, and different workshops for prospective student researchers to kind of foster that community, especially where students are normally doing that over the summer. Campus is a little bit less uh, populated, so it, it was nice to be involved in that. Um, I've also been a student ambassador for the Faculty of Engineering, where I work alongside Patricia. Um, and then this year, I'm taking on the role of VP Academic on the Materials Society. So I'm going to be helping to plan our first online industry night for students to attend, which is super exciting. And to kind of finish that off, I guess if there's one thing that McMaster is really great at, it's um, helping people feel like there is something for them, some community for them to be a part of or something that's going to help. Um, them call McMaster their home. And one of the greatest ways I think they can do that is with um, joining extracurriculars to kind of supplement your living experience offside or outside of campus. Now let's transition into the student support and co-op section. So this first question goes to Patricia. So McMaster Engineering and iBioMed both have co-op programs. Can you talk a bit about how those co-op programs work? And where do many of these co-op students end up going? 
Absolutely. So the fantastic thing is that both programs have the same model for co-op in terms of it being an optional choice. So when students, uh, when you're applying on OUAC, that's going to be opening, I think, later in the fall, um, you will have the choice to pick, do you want engineering one with co-op or not co-op? Do you want iBiomed with co-op or not co-op? The reason why we ask this question is because co-op is not mandatory. However, we can all probably agree that co-op is very beneficial in terms of, you know, tasting out the waters in terms of which fields you're passionate about, um, helping you with finances, and of course, getting you prepared for uh, the real world after you graduate. So a couple of things to note that um, it's not just optional, our program is flexible. This is my favorite aspect of the program and I think makes our students really happy. So after four, first year, students can do four months of co-op if they'd like. Obviously, not many first year students might want to do co-op immediately, but of course the option is there. And, and many of our first year students are successful with getting their first co-op placement. That could be on campus, that could be off campus. We'll go into more details in a second. After second year, students can also take on a four month term. That's again, the bonus of being in universities. Now your two months of summer becomes four months. So that means you can do awesome uh, work positions in between. But the most awesome part, in my opinion, is that after third year, at this point, you have three years of, you know, engineering knowledge in your hands, lots of curriculars in your hands. You can do a long term placement. This could be eight months. This could be 12 months. Or if you really want to be wild, you can do up to 16 months. And to be honest, a lot of our co-op employers love that option to be able to have students for that long. So if I'm just going to sum it to that point, I'll leave it at it's optional. You don't have to do co-op, but you should do co-op and our co-op office exists. Um, to support students with, you know, resume feedback, uh, LinkedIn, everybody knows that LinkedIn's a big thing. So making sure that your LinkedIn is ready to go, getting you ready with interviews, um, negotiating job contracts. So you're not alone in the co-op journey. Um, but again, I think our students are excited that they can do 12 months is what you need to do in terms of the minimum requirement to get co-op on your designation when you graduate your degree. Um, but students can do up to 28 months. So if you're with us for a five-year program like iBiomed or so both Sophie and Sunil are actually in a five-year program. iBiomed's naturally five years and if you do an additional management or society that adds on, they can both do up to 28 months of co-op if they choose to. That's impressive. Co-op employers love that. Uh, I think that's a big sell for a co-op program. So right back to you, Patricia. How does the Academic Support Office provide support to students who are looking for jobs both before and after graduation? Yep, so this is fantastic. So I kind of already gave you a little bit of intro that the co-op office exists. So we have, so, we have a team of 18 co-op advisors um, in the co-op office, and many of them are dedicated to specific programs. So these are the experts in knowing, you know, what are some tips and tricks in terms of like doing well in a in a company that's like looking specifically for a student with a management background or, you know, for someone like an, an iBiomed, uh, we have iBiomed advisor who is more focused on the biomedical side of things and are connecting students with those types of companies. So the co-op office exists in that regard. They also are amazing at bringing events. So this year, obviously, we're going to have a combination of mostly virtual events and maybe some in person in the future. Um, but that's a big, you know, draw to the co-op program as well, is that they're bringing some of these amazing employers onto campus to connect with students directly. Um, something to note, um, I know, Sophie, you mentioned this, that you had the chance to do research. Research could also count as co-op. 
also working for a startup company, either starting your own or working for a company as well. Those are two options that students don't really consider. But again, our best advice is go see the COPE um, office in your first year, book an appointment, get your resume critiqued, get your LinkedIn portfolio you know, checked out. Um, but students will also be enrolled in a co-op course that is being run by the office. And that really helps students feel a bit more prepared and confident navigating the co-op world. So our next question goes back to Patricia again. How challenging is it for graduates to find employment in their field? So I don't have any fancy stats to share with everybody today, but I think from my conversations with the co-op office and from working in an environment with a lot of students um, that are obviously quite involved in McMaster engineering, I think the perfect formula seems to be students come in thinking that, you know, to be employable, I need the top grades. Maybe some companies are looking for the marks aspect, but majority of them are looking for you know, the experiential learning side of things. So tell us more about the projects you did in your first year engineering 1P13 course or um, iBiomed 1P10 course. Tell us about all the clubs and teams that you're involved in. Tell us about your passions outside the classroom. Talk about, you know, your ability to work in a team setting. So I know our students are very employable due to the fact that, again, our students are so immersed in these opportunities. Um, I for forgot to mention that students who take on you know, a lot more involvement in their clubs and teams, they can even get course credit for it. So again, these are, you know, our students are constantly finding ways to show that they are, that they are leaders. Um, and again, are getting immersed in so many incredible opportunities. This is what our employers want. And again, with having a, such a flexible co-op model, um, that again, if students take on 12 months up to 28 months of co-op experience, that's where students typically end up when they graduate. So a lot of the students who worked in an amazing 60-month placement, they had a great relationship with their employer. They're inviting them to come back after they graduate. So I think that's the key to success. I wish I had more stats to share with everybody. But um, again, our students are very employable due to, again, our project-based learning courses, our extracurriculars, and um, any other initiatives that students choose to take outside the classroom really sets our Mac and students apart. Perfect. And for the last question in this segment, and it goes to both of our students, what sort of support does McMaster provide for students dealing with stress or mental health issues, uh, whether they be academic, uh, mental, physical, whatever? Uh, so, yeah, I would definitely say that McMaster offers a lot of services, especially with our student wellness center. There is always some kind of service that is helping you regardless of what your problem is. We also have uh, the SAS, which is the Student Accessibility Services, which allows uh, any kind of academic help given to people with any sort of issues. All right, great. Now let's transition to the section we know all of the high schoolers have been waiting for, the admissions section. Before we begin, I'm just going to start by stating that we won't go into any averages or marks because those are dynamic and they change year by year and program by program. Instead, we're going to talk in broad terms. But if students want specifics, they should definitely check out the McMaster University website, which outlines all of those on a program by program basis. So our first question goes to Patricia. Could you describe the application process? So again, the great thing is for both these programs, so quick note um, is that there's a lot of similarities when applying. Students who are interested in both of these programs, I hope you are after you know staying with us for this much time. Um, that you're going to have to apply separately on OUAC to both Engineering 1 and to the iBiomed program. 
Uh, but in terms of high school marks and courses that are important, um, so I quickly run through it. You're probably not going to remember this, but happy to chat after this podcast. So English is looked upon, um, calculus, chemistry, and physics. Those are the four courses that are shared amongst both programs. Um, but in addition to uh, iBioMed, as you can probably imagine, biology is also one of the main courses. Um, in total, please note that McMaster only looks at your grade 12 marks. Um, you might be thinking, but what about my all my hard work in grade 11? I'm not sure what the decision behind that is, but what I can share confidently that is that the focus is on grade 12 marks. Those are the four that are shared. iBioMed has that additional bio course. And in total, McMaster looks at six marks. So for engineering, I only mentioned four. That means the other two courses that will make up your top six average will be two of your highest grade 12 university or um, the mixed level course. Those could be, you know, any course like exercise science or a religion course, as long as they are the, either the U or M credit, if you are applying from an Ontario school. And same goes for iBioMed, but I did mention five courses. So that means the last one is a bonus freebie for again your highest grade 12 mark um, either u or m level so those are quickly about the courses you're probably already taking them which is fantastic um, in addition there's a supplementary application so i think this is important to note so we are looking at marks and that does take obviously a big emphasis but in addition to that we want to know that you can communicate that you can engage with us so you're going to be expected to do a mandatory online video, it sounds scarier than it actually is. Three of the questions, are you speaking to the camera? And then one of the questions is written out. And they're not about solving physics problems or designing a rocket ship. They are more about yourself, how you interact with others. And we wanna get to know a little bit more about, you know, how would you react to this in a team environment? What are your thoughts on, you know, thinking outside the box? Uh, what is being resourceful to me, to, mean to you so those are just a couple of questions i'm throwing out to you so the top six average as well as the score you receive on the supplementary application is truly what admissions are based on um, our minimum cutoff for engineering is 87 but of course um, that does change on a year-to-year -year basis in terms of we say that's our minimum but students typically want to be a couple percentages higher to be competitive for iBioMed because it's a smaller program that does unfortunately make it a little bit more competitive, our minimum cutoff average is 90%. So you probably don't remember everything I threw your way, um, but I can leave you all with a quick um, email just to jot down if you have a pen and paper with you. Um, our recruitment email is thinkeng, so T-H-I-N-K-E-N-G, at mcmaster.ca. So if you do wanna know more about admissions and what you can do to stand out in your supplementary application, um, our team is, and our team of student ambassadors is ready to help you. Um, and as well, it was already mentioned that all this information could be found um, on the admissions website through McMaster University as well. Perfect. So for the last question in the submission section, what importance do admission officers place on the supplementary application in comparison to grades? So just to keep things kind of simple from admission standpoint, um, the main emphasis for sure is the marks. You need to meet the minimum anticipated average as I was sharing 87 is it's typically for engineering and for a biomed, it is a minimum 90. Again, those are the minimum. So 
I always encourage students, you want to be at least a couple percentages to be um, a more competitive applicant. However, the SUP app is, of course, important. And we do want to make sure that students are incredible communicators. As we all know in the engineering profession, yes, you're background in math and science is very important, but we also want to make sure that students are, you know, capable of working in team environments and uh, capable of communicating and delivering their results in a, you know, industry example, you know, in the future someday. So the SUP app really allows us to kind of vet students on that regard and ensure that their communication skills um, are at par. So less focus for sure than marks, but we do want students to take the SUP app seriously. The best part, my best advice, just to quickly share some something on a positive note for you all, because admissions never sounds like a fun conversation, is to take advantage of practicing. The best part of our SUP app, um, the online system is that there are unlimited practice sessions. So don't jump into it. There's no benefit of doing the assessment early. Take your time practicing, feeling comfortable speaking to the camera, you know, listing all the things you've done in high school to be able to draw upon experiences that you've been involved in. All right, great. So now let's go into the last question of this podcast. Why McMaster for engineering or iBiomed? So I think we have an incredible community at McMaster Engineering. It feels like a family and uh, everyone is so kind to each other. And as someone who came from a completely different country, I felt that right from the moment I arrived there. As someone who came in with absolutely no external knowledge about anything else, I can confidently say that no matter where you go for help at McMaster, you'll always get the right answer. Even if they don't give you the answer right away, they will point you to the next best location where you will get the answer. Yeah, I think to add on to Sunil's point, obviously that sense of community had a huge draw as to why I chose McMaster or at least kind of solidified my decision to apply. But on top of that, obviously iBiomed is such a unique program. It was the first in Canada to combine health sciences and engineering. And I truly believe that it provides a really unique learning experience where again, you're able to combine that in-person lecture, lab, tutorial, and hands-on experience. On top of that, all of the draws we've talked about today that make McMaster Engineering and iBiomed so unique um, with our flexible co-op starting right out of first year for four, eight, 12, or 16 months, as well as the option to get that general first year where you can try out all of the engineering streams. Almost all of the, my friends who I had talked to the stream that they thought they were going to choose was completely different from the one they actually went into. So you'd be surprised even, I think, right out of high school, you can either feel really sure or really unsure. And I think either way, having that first general year, it can really surprise you and expose you to things um, that can help you kind of make a more informed decision um, leading forward into your career. And Patricia, if you have anything to add, you can you can say that. Absolutely. I was hoping I get a chance to say I'm like the... Um, what I hear from students all the time, because I get to work with a lot of our student ambassadors, without a question, the community is something we don't need to promote. It happens naturally. It's like just this contagious energy of students wanting to support one another. It starts from a faculty level, a staff level, and it just like bleeds so beautifully into the student community. I think I'm not somebody that likes to just throw out data and highlights and facts, but the one that I do want to share with everybody, especially for these two programs, is how high our retention rate from first year to second year is. So students can obviously expect that first year is the hardest in terms of transition. The fact that we have the highest retention rate across any engineering school across Canada, to me is like 
the center of everything because again, you know, from a co-op perspective, from our faculty members to academic advising to all the resources that are thrown in, all the clubs and teams students can get involved in. I didn't share the number with you all. It's a 96.5%, which is really, really impressive. And again, that just speaks to our student community. We talked about co-op. We want everyone to know that co-op at Mac is optional and flexible. Students can do research during their undergrad. I think that's never something students think they're going to do. But um, of course, our facilities allow for many of our students to take on that opportunities. You can leave here with entrepreneurial you know, maybe your own startup. We have the Forge that exists. Again, we can go on and on here, but I think MacEng is a really special place. And I think these two programs have so much to offer. And as Sophie kind of wrapped up for us, students don't really know what they want. So that common first year ends up being such a blessing for so many of our students. So we'll end it there. Um, again, I want to plug our email once again, thinkeng at mcmaster.ca. Please email us with so many questions. Uh, we also have a virtual open house coming up, so check out our website. So we want you to come and get a sense of our Fireball family. That's all the questions we have for today. Again, a huge thank you to our guests. Stay tuned for future weekly episodes with other universities and programs. Don't forget to share and follow us on Instagram at CCUG Podcast and feel free to message us if you'd like to request or have questions for a program not yet covered. Until next week, that'll be all. Have a nice day and we'll talk to you again soon.